0: What's up, what's up, everybody, and welcome to the Cagebird Bird Chronicles Season 4. Y'all should already know the rules by now, but just in case you're new to the podcast, all who are willing to listen are welcome. We're back, and better than ever, for this new season, and I, for one, cannot wait to get started. That being said, it's your girl, Sydney, a.k.a. Sage. And Dana, a.k.a.
1: D-Pet. And I'm Shelby, a.k.a. B.
2: And I'm Chanel, a.k.a. Lazy.
1: All right, so welcome back to the season four premiere. We're here with part two. Diving back into this new year, we're starting off with a bit of a grim topic. Haiti, let's begin.
3: Oh, Haiti. Haiti is falling apart at the seams. So, we did an episode on Haiti last year uh, that if you have not listened to, you should go back and listen to because I swear it sounds like a movie. What's happening in Haiti um, is absolutely ridiculous, and we are doing nothing about it. So when we last left off with Haiti, Haiti had just experienced a series of natural disasters. Well, since then, it has experienced more. Um, There have been massive floods in the lower regions of Haiti that were already struggling to receive basic supplies, you know, things like food, clean water. Um, It is now even harder to get those things to those places, resulting in resource shortages and worsening hunger and increasing crime and theft, like the big four, you know, murder, rape, robbery, assault, unfortunately. Um, when there's increased need, these things have a tendency to increase and it is just getting worse in these regions of Haiti that were already devastated in the first place. Um, and why is that happening? Because the political power vacuum in Haiti continues. As we left off, there was the assassination of their former president, whose name I cannot pronounce, so anybody feel free to dive in and pop that name in there, because I can't say it. It's, ve- it's very French, and I never took French, <laughs> so...
0: What's the name? You're muted. I'm not going to say it right. Either. I know, I I in theory I can what do re- I google what do I google, Hovenel
2: <laughs> what do I google?
3: <laughs> yeah like I don't want to say it wrong like out of disrespect well, what how what do, do you I break the millennial up, though the like- president uh, assassinated president of Haiti it's J O V E N E L M O I S E. can you imagine
1: like- us in an emergency like and not knowing what the fuck <laughs> to google we gonna die bro <laughs>
3: I don't know how to say it, but you know, RIP. But since then, there has been a political power vacuum in Haiti that has yet to be filled. So immediately after presidential assassination, um, what is his name? Ariel Henri was basically de facto uh, made prime minister, and has since proven that he is doing absolutely is incapable of or unwilling to do absolutely anything to provide the country with any aid after all of the issues that it's been having over the course of the last forever.
2: Sure. I'm gonna just hop in. I typed in his name and the first thing to type to come up next to it was pronounced. So Google has a pronunciation and it's Jovenel Moise.
3: Jovenel Mo- that, yeah, I got it so wrong. <laughs>
1: but that was terrible. But not- fuck that up for sure. <laughs> yeah. Po- the the American Mo- education
3: system for you, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. First we
1: all, Public school. Chanel? No. No.
3: Okay, but we googled it. Okay, so that's see. Take note, allies. You know, yes. just
1: fucking Google it. That's all you, you know gotta do. Google's free. I have problems with Caucasian names sometimes. Honestly, Yvonne fucks me too. up every time. Do
3: Yvonne you know Wolf- how many different spellings? Have you seen how many different spellings there are for the name Michaela? Like, I have never seen two people spell Michaela the same way. I know, and the- it's ghetto at this point. No, I mean I get it.
0: when I first saw the name Siobhan, and I I, I lost my shit. I I could not figure it out when they it were like, "This is this." Yeah, because it's S I O B H A N.
2: It's Irish. That's why. Yeah.
0: So it's like Siobhan, but it's p- pronounced Siobhan. What's that
1: one about the Sinead. Sinead. Okay for the longest time i was like who, who the hell is city at o'connor are they like sinead okay yeah that is yeah. sometimes me.
0: they get with me they get they get me too yeah but that's just some names in general because i don't know what people be thinking sometimes okay well speaking of language back
3: to the french the french man yeah uh hovenel
1: moise so <laughs> he <laughs> was recently vaccinated oh. <laughs> Don't slide past that. Because last week I couldn't get away with nothing. You just going to do that and keep going? Okay,
3: wait, wait. wait. What, what was it? Jovenel Moise?
2: Jovenel Mosi. No,
0: what? no, it was not. Yeah, no, for sure. It was not. No,
2: Marcy, Marcy, Jovenel, okay. Marcy. Homie, who Z got him?
3: eighty, who was recently assassinated so since then there has been a power power vacuum in the country because the de facto uh prime new prime minister ariel henry has basically demonstrated that he has absolutely no control and no real willingness to gain control over this country how do we know this he's literally had to leave his own political events like running with his hands behind his head because he's being shot at Like he has absolutely no control um, over what's going on in Haiti. And it seems absolutely uninterested in gaining any. Um, So as you know, we established Haiti's been going through it natural disaster wise. So what is already a crisis is just becoming worse. And what are we doing about it? We, the U.S., who can never stop minding everybody else's business, have done absolutely nothing except back the current prime minister who has demonstrated he can do absolutely nothing about this. That's what we've done. We've, we've,
1: huh? Canada too.
3: Yeah, exactly.
1: Like
3: we've rejected their, uh, refugees who are running from a deadly situation. That's what something we've done. We've turned them back and sent them back to this crisis situation. Um, we've patted homie who's doing absolutely goddamn nothing on the back a couple of times. That's what we've done. And I, I am saddened by the lack of of press that haiti is actually getting because like we're literally watching a country fall apart at the seams and we we being americans know absolutely nothing about it even i said it when i when we first started discussing haiti's issues and i will say it again now even researching this topic it was difficult to find viable sources uh talking about the crisis that's going on in haiti and it is absolutely a crisis it is a Uh, you know, crisis, emergency crisis, it is a political crisis, there is a hunger crisis, like there, every kind of crisis is happening in Haiti right now. And we are hearing nothing about it. And it is absolutely saddening.
0: To be fair, um, the United States only gives a damn about minority countries that we control or aim to control. And it's already been reflected by means of our previous president, that Haiti is not a country that we're looking to possess because it's quote unquote a shithole country. So it makes sense that we're not really getting ourselves as much involved as we normally would because we have no desire to capitalize and take that location.
1: Okay, so you know I'm scrolling while we're talking and um catching up because. Things move quickly in Haiti. Um, and so apparently the, the it, it looks like Henry, but French Henry, um, was apparently tapped on the shoulder by the, was it the prime minister that just got killed? Um, president the, who just got the killed, appointed right, okay. him prime
3: minister days mm-hmm. before he was
1: assassinated. Yeah. Right. So while well, he was going to, he never actually installed him, but- You know, call me crazy, but I just feel like we're always, we meaning the Caucasians, not me, um, are always in the middle of things when somebody is getting usurped and somebody else is taking over and the American people seem to never know when it's happening. Like, you know how many countries the United States has been in in Central and South America in the last couple of decades and i've been here the whole time and i don't remember hearing about any of this shit until like social media was a thing and people were like hey y'all are killing us would love if you could stop
3: yeah they don't want us to know because if we know then we're going to start talking about it and then they have to deal with the general public's opinion about these things which unfortunately for them we do live in a democracy so they have to at least pretend to give a shit about the public opinion on the shit that they do and they know that it's not OK, but they don't want us to be able to tell them that. Um, and that's exactly what's going on in Haiti. Like Sydney said, it's not a country that we're benefiting from. So therefore, we have suddenly maintained the ability to mind our fucking business at a time where um, a, a country is in desperate need of actual factual aid. They uh, they are literally like I said, a country that's falling apart. as it seems right now. And we are doing absolutely we're doing nothing, hearing nothing, saying nothing about it um, as people are literally dying, as as, you know, homes are flooding, people are starving. This is absolutely ridiculous. I've only seen a couple of campaigns for aid um, circulating on, you know, the social media sphere. And we're talking about it. I'm actively doing research. So like my, you know, algorithms on everything are actively picking up that I'm looking into this topic and I'm still barely seeing anything about it
1: circulating. I was about to say, well, that's because, you know, private companies and censorship for some reason is a thing now. Mm-hmm. But again, I just find it kind of funny that now this man has the support of Canada and the United States and Canada is like, no, double down, double down. Um, it's pretty like real he, estate. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, because he used to, because he was close to the, to the former president mm-hmm. and, and now he's suspected of killing that former president.
3: Oh, also, that's something else. They rejected an investigation. Hmm. So well, CNN offered to do an investigation into the assassination of the former president. And they were like, oh no, nah, that's cool. It's okay. <laughs> and we got it. Don't even worry about
1: it. <laughs> we Ukraine. Got it. <laughs> you, <laughs> Ukraine.
3: They're not even interested in acting like they want justice for this. So at this point, you can kind of tell the current condition of politics in the country which would explain the current condition of the general public and the the majority of the people in the country who are suffering right now. And there is no hope for aid because there's no foreign aid coming in and there's no aid from their actual country coming in at all because their government kind of sort of doesn't really function right now.
1: Exactly. I, so, I mean, now that I've said it, it's, it's going through my mind um, that I don't find it coincidental that, my news feed is now full of like Ukraine stuff um Mm -hmm. and Biden talking about how you know we're gonna have to get into a a conflict with Russia and people um well I don't know what the what the the jump is but saying that any day uh the Ukraine and Russia could go to war but that shit ain't our business and we're not gonna do shit so actually, we'll pro- I think
3: we will. And it's fucked it, up that I think we
2: will. Do you think we will? Yes,
3: I think we will. And I think we will for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's a dick measuring contest. And the U.S. has never stopped trying to measure to, to to piss, to to measure piss, basically, with Russia. And if they make a move, we've already told them pull up and we're going to do something about it. At this point, Joe Biden was like, if you make a move, if, what was it? Um. How many? It was a while ago. I don't remember exactly when. But Joe Biden was like, "If you make a move, we're gonna sanction you." Blah blah blah. And well, that's a sanction, though. Like, well, I mean, he threatened action, not just sanctions. I just don't remember exactly what he said. He didn't make
1: any. You know, I'm gonna blow you. Really shit trust up. Joe Biden? But, no, I mean he'd be saying shit all the time. I'm- and that's what I'm saying.
3: <laughs> like Putin straight up called us on the shit. Like, like he, he was like, "If you do it, we're gonna sanction you." And he whipped out a, whipped out his checkbook. Like, how much? He is this one of the richest people in the world, and low key, we need the money. So, like, so we not gonna do shit. Like, I, you know, know. I mean, I think we're gonna try. Is the problem? Okay, I like trying-
2: so I saw the scariest shit ever, and like, I don't, I don't be scared about politics because I feel like my life has roughly been like the same no matter who's in charge. So I don't really freak out. Um, But I saw this video and it was of Putin like a a few days ago, maybe a week ago, and he was talking about this conflict and he was like, I want you to hear me. And he goes, I say this in every interview, but I want you to really hear me. And he was like, basically, like if Ukraine breaks off and tries to do something or whatever, um, he was like, and if NATO's allies come after Russia, he said, everybody loses. I was like, bro. Even and he he said he was like, even Russia. He was like, we yeah. all lose. He said the he was term like, is mutually assured yeah.
3: destruction. Yeah, everyone's like, going to die if this happens. Yeah, he that's said that's why nuclear knows weapons You we have
2: nuclear for? weapons, exactly. And he was like, everyone knows we have nuclear weapons, and we're everyone's going to lose. And the fact that he doesn't even care. No, but that's I don't. I Who never take it?
1: nuclear war conversation seriously though, because too many things would happen. Namely, we would all die because too many countries have nuclear weapons now, and they're all allied with each other. So the minute one person sets a bomb off, it's a nuclear. It's a chain a chain reaction. And nobody wants to set that chain reaction off or be responsible for that shit. So I the like don't give crazy
2: a shit, though. Like- yeah, like I'm a
1: crazy person.
3: And like, I feel like all the rich people and like the government people probably have a nuclear bunker or something. So they, if they set the it off. Fine. Exactly. So if they set the shit off. It's really just us that are going and they don't super care about it if it's us that go.
1: One would hope that they're not that goddamn stupid because every movie where the rich people try to set themselves up to survive, we <laughs> fuck that shit up every time. Bitch, you gonna leave me. I think the fuck not. It's more of us.
3: I mean, yeah, that's true. But that's movies. I would hope that that, that that's how shit would really work out. But at the same time, like, I feel like the American people, we really overestimate how unprepared we are for a disaster. Because we, we make a lot of plans and shit, but we don't really have a lot of plans for like what happens if shit goes down en masse. And a lot of us don't have, I won't say don't have skills, but we don't really have survival skills for like doing shit. Like we talked do, about this.
2: Shelby do. I, mean, I do. Yeah.
1: we talked about this, you
2: okay, know,
3: Are you the majority,
1: though? Like, the
3: majority of people don't grow their own shit. The majority of people aren't doing shit like that. But
1: that's what I'm saying. Like, these little micro communities that you see popping up, like, I fucking love those. And, like, me and my family are always uh, brainstorming on how we can just, like, buy a piece of land and have everybody build their own homes and be self-sufficient there. Because everybody... Well, my family in particular, like everybody has a talent or a skill that can be put to use. And like, even if you don't, you can learn something like find an interest, but I just don't see the point in being reliable on a rich people and B, white people. Okay. Cause motherfuckers ain't never cared about me. So I don't trust anything they do. I'm not saying you're wrong. And I'm,
3: I'm saying you're absolutely right. You should be able to be self-sufficient. The goal should be self-sufficiency. I am saying that the not- they
1: set a bomb off though. We all going to die though. So, I mean,
3: well, that's I what I'm really saying though. I feel like they're prepared <laughs> for that. Like, I feel like they're, they're prepared for that. And honestly, cause at the end of the day capitalism is the one true God. They don't really care. About what happens to the rest of us as long as the at the end of the day they're good and their pockets are still full then i don't think they as i think they vastly underestimate us and how how important we are to the functioning of the system
1: i think so i do think that they would sacrifice us huh i think they're too narcissistic to start it because it's too much of a risk they're not gonna kill themselves or accidentally start something that might end up getting them killed or destroying like their their lifestyle or their comfort level they're still they're too narcissistic for that shit they're still men
3: men do shit men just do shit sometimes especially when you insult their ego okay well
0: i was gonna say that um it's our Langham. i have actually been talking about that just buying a big bunch of land and everybody can come build their house on it and like grow as necessary and as we need to everybody just gets a little five acres here and you can do what you want to do you know but um actually and a group of black um uh investors actually are building a a segregated Mm. town i believe on the (laughs) outskirts of atlanta
1: yeah, yeah. Supposed I've seen to be it, a, yeah a
0: black a black place like an up- i don't even
1: It's don't even like call it. it segregated it's just it's exclusive that's what the others would call it i you're know right. but at-
3: you're right do i need
1: like a passport or you just need the melanin i believe is what all you need is <laughs> <laughs> and my problem is with that
2: i i love that because i think integration was a mistake so
0: Ooh, those are big opinions okay <laughs> <laughs> I said the, same thing the other day i said the same thing the other day um but i do have we should i, I do question it only because like like chanel you and i are marrying non-black and have married non-Black individuals. Are we allowed? Can we, like, do we get our plus one? (laughs) Mine
2: is indigenous (laughs) to the Americas, so.
1: Maybe, yeah, you ain't gonna All I'm gonna say is I don't disagree with Chanel. However, <laughs> I would say I don't really, really prefer the way in which we were integrated, you know, so much as I think that like integration was a mistake. It's like, I don't really like the way we did it,
2: you know? Well, and I think there's something to say too for like, I mean, people that like had no choice but to be here or people that like, were like I don't know like the way like Asian communities came here like some of them had no choice or some of them like sure had the choice but only because like back home was not a place where they could thrive likely because of American influence regardless. So I just feel like if you're a person of color like if you're in a interracial relationship with a person of color like you'd be accepted in a negro town but like if you're with a white person, like no, that like you don't like no. you have more in
1: common <laughs> with other people. Color. Yeah. Okay. That's wrong.
3: That was a scary conversation. Okay. I oh! um, was cool. So yeah. So coming back to the subject at hand, um, Haiti is still falling apart. We are still totally ignoring it. There's a power vacuum that continues to plague the country with rising crime rates hunger uh they've been getting hit with nothing but natural disasters for months now at this point it's 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 not a pretty it's not a pretty scene
0: okay. at the same well, time when we're looking at situations like this like when we talk about segregated or not necessarily integrated
3: how, <laughs> how are we back
0: on segregation hold on i'm tying it into haiti because Haiti is a sovereign nation of former slaves. So that's the reason why I was tying it back in. Don't treat me like I'm crazy. <laughs> okay, now I'm just gonna treat you like you're reaching because
3: that's what that is. Wait, no, no, that's what it, it is. is. But
0: at the same time, like what I was gonna say is because they're, they're having all this turmoil now because people have pulled their hand and their influence out of this nation and yeah. have really left people to their own devices we have to, in situations where we're coming up with a an exclusive, a Black exclusive location, locality, whatever it is, town, whatever it is, we have to make sure that we're not making similar mistakes um, to what's going on, to cause things that are, that to cause situations like the situations that are
1: going on in Haiti. That's okay, all so, in transition, kind of you know how I do um so I'm curious to see how you're gonna trim <laughs> this, this, is this is gonna be interesting
0: <laughs> into our next topic
3: <laughs> it's okay. not a segue if you just kind of jam two totally unrelated <laughs> topics into the same sentence
1: says oh. time to pivot <laughs> <laughs> I want to
3: see this art happen
1: okay so we talked about this already congratulations everybody you get a bonus conversation in this episode that was not planned but um I just want to clarify so like it doesn't sound so crazy we talked about this already when it comes to like safe spaces for colored people and black people they're necessary um and like when I say that I don't like the way we were integrated. It's because we didn't have a choice in how that shit was done and it was done to keep us oppressed. So that shit's kind of fucked up. And, you know, I don't really like the way they did that. So um, that's what I mean when I say I don't like the way we were integrated. <laughs> but like I said, it was made necessary for us to make our own safe spaces because Ahmad Arbery couldn't run down an integrated street without getting chased down and shot. So I think that's a fair argument that, you know, maybe if we lived separate from these people, um and they actually had to come out of their way it would be a harder argument to be like well he looks suspicious running down our streets now there are no our streets it's my streets. guys we, we have streets.
3: got to stop promoting segregation okay it's we not segregation.
1: segregation on this uh, this <laughs> is like the literal reality we don't have safe spaces <laughs> oh. they don't exist so a micro Let community is a good idea
0: in in a looser sense, that is very true because in other communities, they do have concentrated areas around the New nation Germany. where they have like like Chinatown and Little Italy and right, stuff but like that, that.
3: They're not segregated communities. They I just know. gather in well, a certain
0: yes.
2: Us, they just call them ghettos.
1: <laughs> what you call it when they go in and everybody of the same ethnic or religious group buys all the property in one area and then they all buy all the businesses in the surrounding area and set up a small I don't know micro community with each other so they don't got to depend on the outside world their choice
3: but that's different than segregation so what you're talking talking about about, is like the (laughs) government mandated division of races that's
1: what segregation is demand
3: an afro-american town
0: (laughs) let's let's come up with a new word for it that's not
2: less necessary we can't no call
0: it blackity there's black no town. other word for it it's i call it negro town negro town is i that's what i call it negro town oh my you know? negro
1: town honestly where well, we can get alone but if you if you're not melanated you gotta call it we grow town <laughs> <laughs> they all can right come
2: through they can get gas.
1: All right. So, speaking of funny things, Whoopi <laughs> Goldberg. <laughs> okay, I was trying to figure
0: out how you were going to tie together Haiti and Whoopi Goldberg, but
1: uh, yeah. <laughs> I does what I do. She's a funny uh, lady. Segregation. Okay. So about that, Whoopi speaking Goldberg. Speaking funny things, Whoopi Goldberg got in trouble for saying that the Holocaust wasn't about race. Who? So, <clears throat> um,
3: there's so much to unpack there
1: yeah because you, you know that somebody's not going to listen long enough to not be mad and like if you don't that's your choice um and that's on you but um it's given kanye slavery was a choice vibe, you know the kanye like we didn't have to be slaves type of vibe um and that it's just clearly wrong that she, somebody went after her um for saying what she said so to give clarity Whoopi Goldberg said something uh, along the lines of that the Holocaust was not about race. It was about man's inhumanity to man. Okay. So everybody knows that modern day Jewish people think of themselves as a separate race, mm-hmm. right? So what basically happened is that Whoopi Goldberg apologized and they had, um, This Jewish scholar come on. And he was like, well, Hitler came after the Jewish people because he saw them as a different race. And that means that the Holocaust was about race. So Hitler was right. And whoopi Goldberg, you shouldn't say that anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. And so she was trying to explain, well, a Jewish person and a black person can walk down the street. And if the police come and stop us, you can pretend to not be Jewish. And they won't know the difference because you're still white, because modern Jewish people for the most part, are white. I can't pretend to not be Black. You can see that shit. Because the definition of race is based off of your color and your ethnic group. And Jewish people are not an ethnic group. Mm-hmm. They're a religious group. Except to Hitler, who said that they were a different, a different quote-unquote species of human beings. But... <clears throat> um and now that I'm saying that she couldn't have said the shit better but historically speaking Jewish people were from Africa in the Middle East and just like Christianity black people got pushed out of that so if it was about race which I mean she was kind of wrong because it was about race Hitler went after black people and non-white people like he had his idea of what the superior race was and that did include race, but not in the way that we think about it because we make up rules as we go. But go ahead. Chanel. Oh,
2: okay. I was just gonna say, um, Jewish people consider themselves an ethno-religion. So yeah. like they consider themselves an ethnicity and a religion at the same time. And then they have like Ashkenazi Jews, they have Ethiopian Jews and like there's and there's different, different tribes, ethnic right? groups within. Yeah, yeah, because they're all like different tribes and, and shit. So, all I know is that, like, because for a while when I thought like I wanted to convert to Judaism, which is like a very long, arduous, like for rightful reasons, but mm-hmm. process, mm-hmm. Um, that's when like part of what they say is like, you know, we are also like an ethnicity. They explain like what that means, um, so that's like how they view themselves. But I also just saw a TikTok the other day where um, a Jewish person was talking about how Jewish people have assimilated into whiteness, the way that Italians and Irish people did, because all of them started getting like nose jobs and like taking away like that one like very prominent like Jewish feature that they all seem to share. Um, and so they got a nose job and then were instantly just like white people with curly hair. So I don't know. It's interesting. Like to me, they're an ethno-religious group. But how, how long can you say that you're an ethno-religious group when you are literally straightening your hair and like doing everything to distance yourself so much so that you are now considered white? That's it's kind of weird. That's how I feel about it.
3: Yeah, no, I, I definitely see where they're coming from. They being Jews, <laughs> I definitely see where they're coming from. In that, um, I it it's an ethno religion, so like they do maintain their own characteristics, and there are different characteristics under like their different ethnic groups or tribes per se. But um, they do identify as a race. It just seems like for me, I have a problem with the statement just because it is objectively wrong like there were uh, persecuted deaths during World War II based specifically on race. They may not have called it so much, but there was that pseudoscience that was completely based on the the dissemination between the races. What qualifies as a good race, what qualifies as a bad race, because it wasn't just 100% purebred Germans that were allowed to live, but there were other like Europeans that were allowed to live as long as they've checked the right boxes. So just for me, my biggest issue with the statement is it's just flat out wrong. It was 100 percent based on race. They funded research to disseminate the difference between like the shape of the Negro head
1: versus the shape of the Caucasian head, like the shape like it's well, that was that existed before him. Eugenics was before Hitler. He just used it as a yeah, but he definitely
3: contributed. He funded a lot of of what went into eugenics during World War II, And a lot of eugenics research was furthered at that time because he was using it as propaganda, basically to justify the horrific acts that he was doing. And like, yes, what is it? Six million Jewish people died during the Holocaust, but like 15 million other people died during the Holocaust. And there were reasons involving race.
1: I feel like that's a conversation that like, we need to like, have and figure out because I get what I get what she's saying. Because to us, race is you're black, you're white, you're Asian, like, it's not your religion and like we get that it's an ethno thing because just like I mean I think in our mind it's just like any other religion that you have to be born into so like you can't be you have to be born Hindu you can't convert into Hinduism Mm -hmm. and like you can be invited into Judaism but you can't just say that you're a Jew so like we get that distinction but I guess it's a difference of where where you see the concept of race and whether or not you want to accept the fact that Hitler decided that there was a separate race of people because we don't see them as a separate race of people. We just see them as a different religious group.
3: Well, for me, even, I mean, this is going to sound weird, but quick, quick sentence, Sydney, for me, even if you take Jews out of the equation, 16 million other people died based on these like pseudo characteristics that distinguished those who are impure from those who are you know worthy and it, of the like super race that he was trying to create so it was absolutely about race maybe not within the parameters of like what makes you black what makes you white what makes you whatever whatever but it was it was about race and that you had to fulfill the the, the checkbox the check you had to check the right boxes in order to pass basically so
0: first and foremost I didn't mean to chuckle earlier, but when you were talking about the size of the Negro head, it made me think of Kean Peel's Das Negro skit. Oh, I, <laughs> I had to laugh because mm-hmm. I remember the the cat toy. Negro head only comes in the half sizes. <laughs> right. <laughs> I started laughing and I, that's that's why. But the problem with what Whoopi was saying is that she has created a very ethnocentric idea. So right. For our listeners, ethnocentricity is essentially evaluating other people's cultures, um, other people's cultures, and other people according to the standards of your own culture. So, according to the standards of Black culture, situations of uh, uh, being about race were. She's saying that uh, uh, Judaism and Jewish people can't do. Sorry, sorry, I'm trying
1: to put this together. I had it, and then I lost it. Um, I'm going to- It's kind edit. of devaluing their perception, because for them, it was about race, which I totally get, because that would be like somebody trying to tell us, like, yeah, well, it wasn't because you were Black. Um, so, I and, and you're not going to find a whole lot of Black people that are going to be like, uh, yeah, Hitler didn't kill them because they were Jewish. Uh, that didn't happen. Uh, you're incorrect. But like you said, it, I, it's kind of devaluing what happened and you can't invalidate an entire group of people who are saying, well, he said we are a different race. And even though he's delusional and he made it all up, this is what he created. And this is the standard he set to get rid of us.
0: Right, but on, on top of that, um, Black people's view of what race truly is is a little different um, in terms of what other people view race as. Um, So one of the issues that we have is that if you look at our typical census, our US census, it specifically says that um, Jewish people would still and at this moment be considered white. And on on any given day, when you would look at a Jewish person, you would consider them to still be a white individual. This is the reason why I'm saying that Whoopi's ideology is very ethnocentric because it's very focused on how we as a people look at that particular culture. But there's a whole world view about the Holocaust from other people's pers- perspectives. So while I can understand what she's saying and saying that, um, you know, you don't have to be um, well, you could be Jewish on the street. And somebody can walk up to you and you can pretend not to be, and they would not have any clue and you can't get rid of, but we can't get rid of our blackness at the end of the day. Like, I understand it in that viewpoint. However, um, her, the world view, is that they are a subset of people. They do exist outside of the United States considering them just another subgroup of white people. And so you can't necessarily apply that logic to the whole world.
2: Okay, so two things. I'm gonna say just for myself, not speaking for anybody else on the podcast, this is lazy speaking, but I think that even though like, I don't, I literally don't know the numbers I think the last time I had to, like, really talk about, like, what happened in the Holocaust was, like, middle school, which is unfortunate. I don't know why we never, like, touched you can't back really on tell. that. Um,
1: what'd you say? You can't really tell because they had so much. Like, there's guesses anywhere from, like, 2 million to, like, 30 million. Like, Yeah. So,
2: like, I just remember, like, learning in middle school. But I think regardless of, like, how however many of what group, like, died, I think like it's, for me, it is 100% a thing that happened to the Jewish people. Like there's no, like, even though other people were affected I do not look at the Holocaust and I'm like, yeah, that was something that happened to black people. Like, even though we were involved, like, so I just want to be really clear where I'm coming from at least that's a Jewish event for me. Um, But I don't think
1: that you're anybody's, I think we're all agreeing.
2: Okay, okay, maybe I was just misunderstanding. I was like, hold up. I just want to like be real clear just in case anybody from my job is listening.
1: Um. No, I think we we're we're all agreeing. We're just (laughs) we're saying the reason that it would be said, but I think I might make this uh one of the talk about the yeah, talk about it Thursday things.
2: Okay, well hold on. Though the only other thing I was gonna say though is it's interesting to me though, because like there is like how what would be saying like how you could walk up to someone and then they could just be like, well, I'm not Jewish. And then they can just move on about their day or whatever and not do a hate crime. Um, It's really interesting for me because like, since I reverted to Islam and I started wearing hijab, like I started wearing hijab and I took it off because of all the pressure I was feeling from outside stairs. And now I'm no longer visibly Muslim and I'm treated like a lot better. And there's privilege with that. And I don't, I don't, I don't know, maybe like that's part of the piece that Whoopi's like frustrated about is that they're not seeming to accept the white privilege that they have because they're like, no, I'm Jewish. And it's like, yeah, but you're also read as white. And like, I don't think that, I don't think that, that many Jewish people are like willing to, to consider that, I guess.
1: Well, I, okay, so I think that we all agree because we, we're seeing both sides of the argument. And I think, I mean, like from a, a, a empathetic point of view, you can't really say like, yeah, no, it wasn't about your race if they see themselves as a, as a different race. And I think a big part of the issue comes in with the fact that Black people are new to the white world. Like the, these are groups of people and uh, prejudices that existed before we entered into the picture so when it comes to like gypsies and jewish people and them being discriminated against a group by a group of people that we see as the same because like we said when it comes to america and it comes to um like these colonial places where white rules we can't tell the difference because if they don't want to be whatever that is they don't have to be and there's things that they can do about it, which okay, yeah, valid. But when it comes to this specific thing, the Jewish people have been being victimized as a separate group of people for longer than black people have been victim to that thing, the same, the same situation, because Jewish people have been traveling around different areas of Europe for centuries and centuries before white people came into Africa. And we're like, oh. Black people, a different thing that we can separate races
3: by. So, yeah, to what you're saying, Shelby, and to partially, Sydney, to what you were saying as well, I think we have a very, we being Americans, particularly African Americans, have a very unique concept of race because we live in a world where um, everything tries so hard to designate itself as anything but Black, and Black is a very demonstrative set of characteristics that we identify race based on those, or we par- at least partially identify race based on those characteristics of the deniability that Jewish people have, it, like we were talking about at any given moment, you can just say that I'm not Jewish or something like that is what makes us reject them as a race, like as an actual race race. And I, I get it, but like you said, Sydney, I, I, it feels like it's, a, oh wait, was that you Shelby? Um, it feels like it's invalidating the persecution that they experienced based oh, on yeah, the yeah. fact that they were Jewish. Whether you think it's a religion or you think it's a race, it was based on the fact that they were Jewish. And that persecution, when you say like it it it, it wasn't based on that, um, yeah, it was it a thousand percent was. so. I,
1: as far as Black people should be considered, that's some old white people beef. And like whatever rules the white people made up before we entered the picture amongst themselves, that's some them issues. Because when it comes to like issues of Black and white, that's a separate, that's it's a separate issue until it's yeah, not. We, it's, yeah, because oh we, yeah. we've got unique
3: persecution rules for us. Like we got one drop rules and shit. is no plausible deniability. When you're black, because we're one the characteristics are so identifiable, like there's no denying it. If you look even partially black, you are considered black in this country and you can't say no because you got demonstrative proof of that. Well, they don't have that. They being Jewish people don't always necessarily have that or make efforts to change that.
1: Right. Because if you, if Becky ahead. walks up to me and is and tell, I don't know what Becky is until she's like, oh yeah, I'm a quarter Jewish, a quarter Irish, a quarter English, um, a third Italian and one seventh Polish. Like, I don't know. Well, because that's because in the U.S. It matter, white. And that's-
3: yeah. It's just important to be white in the U.S. white is all that's important. What, as long right. as you don't look black or don't look ethnic. That's all one group of white and you receive the same privilege.
1: So that's a prejudice that we have. And I mean, I'm also going to state that prejudice is a neutral term, Um, but that's a prejudice that we have. And it's probably a protective type of traumatic uh, trauma response that I don't need to know what you are amongst your own people because the only thing that matters when it comes to me and you is the color of our skin.
3: Yep, I would agree with that.
0: Uh, well, that's what I was gonna go into um, and touch on is that for us as the as as black people, race in general is a very visual thing because it's how we experience a, a lot of the discrimination and the prejudice that we experience because black is a very dominant trait. So no matter what you might be mixed with, most of the time they still see a black person, and we do still have qualifications, as Dana Dana was saying for a one drop rule that still considers us a black individual in the first place. So um, <clears throat> it, it makes sense. Like, like I was saying before, it makes sense what Whoopi is saying, but it only makes sense if you're looking at it from a black perspective or from a perspective of somebody who um, might have some other, cause there's, the Latin community also has a lot of uh, uh, qualifications on how you can be considered um, uh, Latin. So like a, a Black Latin individual versus an Afro-Latin individual are two different things and how you qualify as Latin. So some other cultures can act, can probably look at this from that viewpoint, but the overwhelming opinion is not something that would be shared her, her overwhelming opinion is not something that would necessarily be shared by people who are not of communities like that, that can actually understand where she's coming from, from her perspective. It just looked like a very ignorant uh, statement for other people. And then also the fact of the matter is to say that the Holocaust was not a race thing. And there were also members of your very own um, c-
1: culture right. of, as a part of this Looks yep. very tone deaf was and uneducated throwing out all sorts of uh insults and right. black people and uh people that were uh handicapped either mentally or physically like right like dana said he had a checklist of what the perfect race was so right. it honestly is it's a cultural thing but i there's some, certain shit you can't deny um mm-hmm. like skinheads are perfectly fine with the idea that the jewish people are a separate race um and they're perfectly fine with persecuting them based off of that that fact in their mind so it's kind of hard to argue that it wasn't about race even if it's delusional that's like saying like Jonestown wasn't about religion even (coughs) though that's what the fuck he made it about Uh, it was kind of about religion because that's what the bitch kept saying even if the man was crazy hitler said it was about about uh race and he came up with with a a charting system uh so that shit was about race Mm -hmm.
0: right um but moving forward if nobody else has anything to say on whoopi goldberg
1: time for a flawless transition no pressure sydney go (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay well since we're talking about black people being involved in the holocaust we're gonna take it a little step forward a couple of decades and we're gonna talk about black history month and bath and body works okay so
3: you just put a bunch of words together that, that, it? that <laughs>
0: okay hold on i i deserve <laughs> it's a lot better than okay here's haitian so about whoopi goldberg uh we are back uh talking about bath and body works and what they have decided to do this month uh, for Black History Month. Um, so those of you that don't know, Bath & Body Works decided to create a February line of Black-inspired um, products. Now, here are the, here's the problem. Okay, there's a few problems with this. First of all, it's the same shit, different day. So Bath and Body Works did not come up with new products that were reflecting black culture or new fragrances that had some key notes from black culture what they essentially did was take some of their old products and then put oh, a new, new label on them. Yeah. They took some of their old products, designed new labels, which is what they always do. Um design new labels and put them on their their, their bottles. Um or their packaging. Now see the the the, the reason why they did this is because they were teaming up with another, um, a couple, I should say, a couple of Black companies, nonprofit companies, um, and I believe some of the proceeds are supposed to be donated, but I believe it's only about 10% of the proceeds that Bath and Body Works gets are supposed to be donated um, in some way, but I'll verify that. Um, Shelby, if you can say your bit while I verify that.
1: Okay, I just wanted to say I just love how we as a people ignore like the blatant shadiness and disrespect that is put into our face by like these big ass companies because bed, what is it? Y'all know I fuck this Bath up. And Bath <laughs> and body works. Bath and body works. You know what? But to my, to my, uh, my defense, I have been fucking that up my entire life i always get it wrong and i used to fuck it up with the other one with the green sign in the mall
2: uh
1: the body shop yeah i used to fuck all those up and i still do it apparently so it's not important
3: know. they're a shady company so it's cool
1: yeah okay so um i just wanted to say the disrespect that's just so blatant it's like again kanye in your face um because so. bath and body Works straight up said we need to kill some of this overhead and like we got all this inventory that we need to get right out yep. i know we'll give it to the blacks what do we have in the back
3: what is what is gathering dust that we're not making money off of so
0: the here's, here's the interesting thing about what both of y'all just said okay so as a former bath and body works employee well, um you, did you I, say something that says you can't talk about this no I'm a former employee. I didn't sign anything that says I can't talk about it. You don't know exactly how right you are. The main reason as to why there is a huge, huge, like um, semi-annual sale is because there are buildings, there are warehouses just filled to the brim with old product that has not been used. And so what they want to do is they, they send all of those products. That's how you can get some of your old fragrances back. They're not producing new fragrances. So- it's just that they have warehouses where these products are not being used. And then they say, okay, let's slap some new labels on them and let's send them out. As, of course, as long as it's not past, it's like expiration date and stuff like that because that could cause a lawsuit. But in this instance, it's not 10%. Bath and Body Works Foundation is contributing $500,000 to the National Urban League and the Columbus Urban League to support civil rights and racial injustice in America. Now, <clears throat> That's while it. I appreciate it, you are a multi-million, if not billion-dollar company, and you're giving five hundred thousand dollars to the National Urban League and Columbus Urban League. Um, <clears throat> you sold your
1: funky-ass, unorganic, non-soy-ass candles to my people for a tax write-off. Yep. Yep. This is the disrespect for me, honestly at the same it, time
0: that,
3: surprised
0: that's, that's a, no not not at all i'm i'm not specifically as a bath and body works employee because you have to realize that these are all these are the same people while you can return your stuff by the way that's a hack if you do shop at bath and body works there is no return date must return by on any of your products and no matter what you say even if you use a product almost to completion they are still likely to uh, trade it out for a new product of the same value if it's the same exact product they will override the price to that price so you can do an even exchange so um that's just a point a, a hack if you if you will also on black fridays you can multiply like double up on your coupons if you are shopping there um but here's my number one problem one you already have toxic ingredients inside of all of your products. You're still using paraffin wax, which is not good for um, for candles. And it is, I believe, a carcinogen. On top of that, all of your fragrances and some of the other chemicals that you're using in almost all of your products are very toxic and not great for the skin. Um, with this line, you did not change shit about it so it's not like this is becoming any better for black people or like any better for people in general cuz you actually give a damn about the people it's just that you put a freaking wrapper on it that looks different than your standard wrapper that's my issue two my other issue is there is more to black culture than african patterns okay i'm not going to take away from it but
3: It's almost Uh, insulting, like
0: it's almost like they
3: put us back in the huts, you know, like the only thing there is to Africans is Jafufu. Right. Like
1: Nancy Pelosi kneeling in the great hall or whatever. That's exactly, that's exactly what it's giving. And that's
0: my frustration. Like there's so much more to black culture than always going to like African, pulling from African culture with, with your African patterns and designs. Like we have contributed so much to this fucking country. You could have done so many things. You could have made it educational. You could have put, you could have highlighted prominent black figures on every single candle. I don't even care if you wanted to keep one black figure figurehead per fragrance. You could have done that and at least educated people and said, okay, here's an example. You know, um, here's W.E.B. Du Bois and here's what he's done for our community. Here's another he person- He could have gave
1: Flint some clean water. you could have did that.
0: Right. Or you could highlight some people who are current day um, celebrities that are helping people. I mean, in in that instance, um, Jaden Smith has created a water company to help the people of Flint, Michigan. You could have put his ass on it. He could have endorsed it. And I would have been 10 times more likely to come up and, 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 and say something about it. But this instance is like a missed opportunity. Like you tried to, you really tried to strike out. You really did. And at this point in time, it's just like, you completely missed the ball. But the problem is we also have people in our own community that are going to see this and they're going to say, this is enough.
3: Two words, performative activism. We've talked about it before. Companies love to do this, particularly around around Black History Month, but they also do it around, you know, Latino Heritage Month. They also do it around Pride Month. They do this. They want to care. They care about the people without actually caring about the people. They want you to look at them and be like, oh my gosh, they put this Kente cloud. They're really out here. And they give you a pretty tag that says, oh, look, we're donating to blah, 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 blah. But they're not actually going out there and using, like you said, they're a multi billion dollar organization. They're not actually going out there and using the crazy amounts of money that they're lining their own pockets with to make any real, tangible fucking change. They just want you to see the pretty picture that they're painting on their candles and think that they're actually out there trying to do something just long enough for you to buy the shit and then leave the store and stop thinking about it. We cannot keep doing that. And you're absolutely right. We do have people in our own culture that are buying the shit and thinking they're doing something like I understand how tempting it is. Because you know, we we only get this shit about once a year. And sometimes the shit's really cute. I walked by some shit in Target yesterday that I really, really wanted. And it's very, hey, very I say
1: something cute. to Dana's point real quick before we keep going. <laughs> I think so she's Dana finished the point.
2: Yeah, I'm just
1: asking before we keep going. All right, and go. <laughs> no, it's just
3: we need to stop settling for performative activism. We need to stop settling for companies that do the bare fucking minimum. Um, To act like they're down with the cause and actually start doing some research and figure out like, are you down down or are you down on the outside and then just continuing to pocket the money that you make, making people think that you're down?
1: Okay, I just wanted to say that, um, to your point that people will buy stuff and think that they've done something that Mm -hmm. we need to stop being so goddamn um, sensitive. When. Like somebody, cause I'm one of those people that'll be like, "Did you know they don't give a fuck about you?" Like you buying candles, but that's probably gonna give you like a chronic illness or something. But you know, go off, do your thing. I ain't judging or anything. Just thought you would want to know. Um, like I'm one of those. I'm sorry, y'all. I can't really help it. But um, I think it's annoying when like you tell people stuff that I mean, it's right. It might be annoying, but it is genuinely right. Like this company does not care about you. They're selling you something that's not good for you, and you should not feel good about buying it because it's not good but instead of thinking about it people will be like why are you raining on my parade let me be happy like happy but like in 10 years when you can't breathe (laughs) like you're not gonna be happy damn I should have listened to Shelby when she told me to stop buying those candles Goddamn, (laughs) uh booty wax ass candles
2: so all all I was gonna say was like my point it's not even a point really it's just an observation but um was way back when Sydney was talking about the use of the kente cloth and then I was thinking about how like it's always like you're right Shelby like they always pull from African culture not like African American culture not like black culture Like, they're they're always, like, I feel like some part of that is, like, respectability. Like, it's embarrassing to be, like, Black because that means you're ghetto and you're loud and you're whatever. But it's, like, okay to be from Africa. Like, I don't know. Like, there's something to that. And then I just, like and then for I don't know in my like high brain or something I was thinking of like what it would look like if Nancy Pelosi was like representing black culture and I just like instantly imagined her with like bamboo hoops like yep, <laughs> like that, that would be that. her kneeling with bamboo hoops instead of the
0: and a gold off. necklace with her name on it says Nancy <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly mm-hmm. go ahead Dana
3: no To your point, I think you're absolutely right. And I think it's partially meant to keep us in line. And I think it falls in line with the stereotypes that go around about black people in particular. Because if you notice, black people in mass media were kind of narrowed down. I mean, I say if you notice, we're all black. We all fucking notice that black people in mass media are kind of shoved into really a couple of boxes, especially when you want to talk about like black history you really only ever want to talk about black American history, which really they only want to talk about slavery. They really only want to talk about the times where we have been oppressed. They don't really want to talk about the achievements of black people the they, it's to maintain the narrative, basically. Um, America does not respect black people, they will respect uh, African cultural groups, they'll respect them as like Africans, but they America does not respect African Americans so they don't put our shit out there because there is a distinction between white people there is a distinction between African and African American and it is a very important one because African Americans we do have, and I've been having this argument on TikTok lately so this struck a nerve and I want to talk about it now. Um, African-Americans have our own culture. We have our own shit that we sprinkle on top of all the other shit that goes on in our regular lives in really cool and really unique ways. African-American culture is worth discussing in and of itself. It is a unique thing. We have culture and we should be able to discuss it and not just tie it into how our culture intersects with white people. Why don't we talk about us? Like, why don't we actually act, uh, paint us a picture of what being black is? Like, because being black is not just being African or being a former slave.
0: Shelby, go ahead and say what you were gonna do because I was I was gonna tie into that and then move on.
1: Okay, I just wanted to say that you no, know what Dana, you're right. They don't respect African Americans because <laughs> <laughs> they don't. Because even Africans take things from Black Americans. And don't, like, they'll, and then still turn around and be like, oh, Black Americans don't care about Africa. Well, we over here, like, representing, like, fucking up with the culture and shit, displaying all of y'all's greatness, because that's the only connection that we have to y'all, because a lot of people in Africa look down on Black uh, Americans, because either we ghetto, or we dumb, or we don't have culture, or our ancestors uh, were too slow is a joke that refers to black um, or black people in this hemisphere yeah that our ancestors mm-hmm. just weren't fast enough or smart enough to not get caught um so it's not like we haven't contributed like black culture is world culture like everywhere you go black culture has introduced some shit K- fucking uh k-pop would not exist without hip-hop Mm -hmm. which does not exist without black people it is literally a direct result of hip-hop so I like I never understand when people have such a problem with black people like y'all don't have a problem stealing all the shit that y'all think is cool or mesmerizing or magical about black people but when it comes to personalities for some reason y'all can't deal with it because because what because what no, but that's what I was going into. There's so much more to Black culture
0: that it does. you don't need to put Kente, Kente or African patterns on freaking tribal patterns on freaking everything. Like there's so many things that you could have done in this instance, not to mention Shelby, you went exactly where I was going to go in the sense that Black culture, and Dana, you did as well, Black culture and African culture are definitely very different things. And Black culture has influenced plenty from this point in time, to the point where you don't have an excuse to continue putting this shit on there. We have so much in terms of music, in terms of technological contribution, in terms of art. There's so many things that we have done as a culture that you can rely upon and that we continue to do. So that moves me forward. You can look at other companies as examples. For example, Lipton Tees or no, not Lipton, Brisk. Brisk Teas were the ones that at a a couple, like I think a decade or two ago, re-released all of their drinks with artists customarily designing the the wrappers for all of their flavors. You could have done something very similar to that within the black community and highlighted black artists. And it would have been fantastic because you are spotlighting an, an, an actual Black person. Instead of contributing this to a nonprofit that you can write off as a tax credit, you could have actually contributed to a Black artist's success. Same same thing, like, excuse me, same thing with, um, with like Target, for example, highlighting smaller Black businesses. You could have done something like Lay's did and in, in terms of bringing in smaller black businesses to sell their products on your website and on in your stores and whoever sold the best or sold the most in those terms can earn a contract deal with you it would have contributed so much more to the community to see that you are really by their side. And I know you want a bunch of accolades as Bath and Body Works for being the best place to work for by or one of the best places to work for LGBTQIAP+, all of those things. But like Dana was saying, it just seems performative. On top of that, pair this shit with unconscious bias training, please. Like this, the sheer fact that why, why are we seeing pictures on top of all of the shit that we're dealing with, with you posting the um the rappers being Kente and all of that, or, or African patterns and all of that, tribal patterns and all of that. um Why are we seeing pictures of somebody restocking the shelves with watermelon lemonade what? candles? Like, yeah, there was a picture out there where somebody had restocked and refilled the table for Black History Month with a watermelon lemonade candle uh restock. Now I don't think that this is something y'all didn't know was okay.
1: I just don't. I'm tired of pretending like white people and rich people are innocent and naive about shit.
0: Right. Which was bringing me to my next topic of we need to be we need to stop being so forgiving of white mistakes. That's- um, and it gets really annoying when there are people within our own community that are so forgiving of white mistakes and are so sensitive to white fragility that they can make excuses for them to show up with shit like this and say, this is enough for the community. Bitch, you don't speak for everybody. I'm just being real with you. Don't put your face on this shit and say, I speak for the Black community if you're not finna come through. You could have done so much more. And I'm sorry, I know this is a rant and I've gone on so, so, so many different points, but I'm just saying situations and Bath and Body Works is catching the the shit right now because it's the one I've seen most recently. But there are several of y'all that have done, like several other companies that have done some shit like this. And it's stupid. Especially
3: during Black History Month.
0: Especially during Black History Month. You've done some stuff like this, and it just looks performative, and it's not enough. If you want it to be enough, instead of going to other companies who's, who are in it to make money anyways, to say, hey, as a Black company, what can I do to help you? They're in it for money. Instead of going to them, why don't you go to actual individuals, seeing the point of maybe some social activists in your community, some people who are doing exactly what we are fucking doing and having conversations about the problems that are going on with your own, with, with black people. If you want to be that much of an influence on the black community, stop going to other big corporations or big nonprofits, because they've already proven they don't have our interests at heart with that fucking Nancy Pelosi shit. And Talk to people who are actually in the streets. Talk to younger people because a lot of the times you go to these other companies and you're going to older people who are like are, are talking with older people whose views are drastically different than the views of younger uh young, younger citizens. Go ahead, Dana.
3: No, I think you're absolutely. Why did I start with no? I think you're absolutely right. So yes, um, and I just I'm not gonna dive deep into this, but I wanted to ask if you guys had heard about the secret TikTok Black History Month meeting that was supposed to happen with Nicki Minaj. Yeah, that was like it was supposed to be a black, literally a meeting about black history, black success, blah, blah, blah. And they invited mostly white creators and a lot of black creators got put on like a wait list or couldn't even get into the meeting or when they were trying to ask questions, their questions didn't get picked. Like Nicki made sure to be shouting out. The more successful, which we know TikTok, in in, in TikTok, that means white um, creators, they got a place, they got a shout out, they got a video of Nikki saying their name. But a lot of these black creators, these high traffic black creators had to wait. They got sat on a wait list. We got to hear white opinions about black history, about black success, about black issues stop doing that and stop settling for that because while i've been seeing a lot of tiktoks about how wrong that was i've also been seeing a couple from um white people but also a couple of black people who are like you need to understand when we're trying to make moves when we're trying to you know it's extend an olive branch it's
1: given, ashy it's, given hotel. it's given not wanting to be bothered get the fuck out of here now, that's is, make Malu sounds like a broke nigga. That's a broke nigga sentence. It's clout. A move. It's you clout ain't got no chasing. job, bitch. That's what it's the clout fuck
3: chasing. I, it, it means that you're not actually trying to be an ally to the community. It means that you were after it for Nicki Minaj. You were after it for clout. You wanted to have video of Nicki saying your name. You didn't actually want to use the opportunity to help the black community. Who that? Well, right
1: uh-huh. to Sydney's point. Um, just backtracking real quick. No, you're completely right. Um, but I also just want to point out the fact that I don't really think that we should go with the thought process. Like there's this dude that talks about unlearning and I got to find his name and I'll probably post about it from social media somewhere, but he talks about unlearning, which is basically like you unlearn the way that you were taught to think and process information. Like, I'm not really sure that we should be thinking about the way that companies do things in terms of whether or not they're being effective to helping people because they don't really give a fuck when they sit in board meetings and have conversations about how they're going to sell things to people that's all they're doing it's how do we get the black people to buy this it's yep. not how do we help the black people all that other shit is secondary those chairs not black
0: people it's how do we help us negroes say again i said it's definitely not black people how do we get dust negroes money how do we help dust negroes
1: yeah why do we get money from the pores um and then Dana to your point about Nicki Minaj I enjoy Nicki Minaj's raps um and you know sis got some bomb outfits the bomb the the lace fronts be on point however she's always given um fake best friend vibes and this is why um because she's full of shit Honestly, but speaking of Nicki Minaj, I want to get this out the way: some good news in 2022. Rihanna's pregnant or whatever. I don't really care because that baby. <laughs> baby their credit score is always okay. Pregnant, right? Congratulations, so, right, Rihanna! Whatever. Congratulations, Rihanna! Just in Rihanna. case you
3: listen. Whatever she no, don't. you don't listen, but congratulations oh because a
1: baby. I'll oh, be a uh, whole, whole
2: hater. What you say? Hater.
1: Rihanna is wealthy and is never going to struggle for anything. Congratulations on the baby. I guess. We're allowed to wish some people well. Congratulations on the baby. This is not a big deal. She could have done this whenever. She could have froze her eggs and had somebody else carry her baby in like 30 years. Congratulations, Rihanna. She's got to be in love love to be pregnant. That's privilege. I refuse
3: to give up on Rihanna. I choose to believe she's a good one.
1: That's called denial denial. I know what it's called. I know denial. what it's called. You might as well get it. But I, I now. refuse. She's not on your side, sis. You she would she not she nationwide. Would be,
0: she would be if she met me. Okay, let's get to some more, some more good <laughs> news. Um so and uh in other good news, sorry, Percy, why did you do that? In other you good news, um there? huh? You invited him
3: up there. That's no, I'm I didn't. I was trying no, to no, get you him to look don't, at yeah, me no. and then he jumped up. Hello. his old man face he's eight he turns nine this year percy decided to join
0: us on camera guys so everyone can see percy's face and he's determined to stay in the camera lens so um but in other good news i'm just going to run through the other ones quickly Um, because I really want to talk about the one that I highlighted. Uh, Maya Angelou has been um, placed on the quarter. I think we need a whole episode, but I'm just gonna say if you have not seen Encanto, please go back and see (laughs) it on Disney Plus. It is a fantastic new Disney movie on top of that, huh? Shelby,
1: what I'm singing on you, Shelby. Did you see it, it, Shelby? I watched it the whole (laughs) thing yes and what did you think oh god thank you okay that's what i wanted that's all i needed okay but listen 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 my thing with watching encanto was that i watched luca and i feel like sometimes when it comes to ethnic movies disney and pixar are lazy and they don't take as much time with the stories and they don't take as much time with like the animation and shit so it kind of pisses me off so it takes me a long time and you you know you had just said that
3: was like the opposite of that
1: if you had yeah, if you had just said that before, I would have told you it's
0: nothing like what they did with with uh Luca. This not if you have not watched it, please take the time to go watch and see Encanto on Disney Plus. It is fantastic. So that way you are knowledgeable and you know what we are talking about when we have this episode conversation about Encanto. Again, yes. fantastic um fantastic movie. I don't really know about what happened with Joe Rogan, but he killed Spotify.
3: Oh. You know, I, you could also just let me talk about it.
1: <laughs> I was about to say, for preference, I never knew who Joe Rogan is. And I feel like a lot of people don't know who Joe Rogan He's is. Fear Factor, He's, Fear He's factor. a bald bitch that He's talks a stunt. And probably shouldn't. He looks I like-
2: grew up knowing who he was because I watched Fear Factor when I was like seven. Me too. So I never knew. That was before we knew, too, knew, was before was. We knew I- he
3: was crazy. No,
2: but he got really weird. He got really yeah. weird and like super buff and like shaved his head and shit. And then like, now i used to watch
1: wwe and wwf on the regular and like i could not pick this man out in a crowd honestly but apparently he was a commentator on that
3: i don't he like was it. so joe rogan was is, is slash was like comedian show host he's done a whole bunch of stuff um but he has a podcast i forget what the podcast is called but it is definitely like a not safe for work they talk about hot button issues podcast and he has a tendency to align with really like misogynistic, conservative views. um, And he's not very nice to women or minorities. Um, So his podcast is only broadcast on or was only broadcast on certain platforms, but he recently took up a contract with Spotify. And because Spotify is now allowing Joe Rogan to be on their platform, a lot of artists are leaving. Spotify, like they are straight up pulling their music, all of their content from Spotify because they don't want to be a part of a platform that allows his kind of rhetoric to be perpetuated, um, especially because Spotify, you know, Spotify is connected to everything if you are connected to Spotify. So it's just it's it's open. And he a big part of his problem is that he perpetuates a lot of misinformation on his podcast, like a lot of things that he thinks A lot of things that he's he he believes that are not necessarily true or that have no real basis or backing um in reality um so yeah since he hit spotify a lot of people are like i no longer am putting my music on spotify and they've decided to back out so spotify is bleeding
1: i wonder if we should drop them go ahead shelby so part of hold on oh my god y'all i got old lady hips um so part of the problem is that Joe Rogan, um, like Dana said, known, uh, right wing weirdo. Asshole. Asshole. Um, it's problematic. Sucks, he actually
3: liked his up comedy, and but that no was before way. I knew he was crazy, but he's fucking hilarious in his stand up comedy, but he started getting really misogynistic and racist and stuff as time went on.
1: Well, I think, um. Well, I know the a big part of the problem was that Joe Rogan, because he's so popular, he's like the king of podcasts, apparently. Yeah. Um, but I never take people who say they listen to Joe Rogan seriously. So I, it kind of goes in one ear and out the other when I hear it. But the contract he signed with Spotify, who you like, we all know that notoriously these platforms screw artists out of their money, yep. right? So they signed this big ass contract, millions of dollars with baldy oh, joe joe rogan joe, joe rogan, rogan yeah. um i'm gonna call him seth for some reason okay joe rogan um for this show seth rogan is cool we like seth rogan he's fine yeah, i like seth rogan you yeah, <laughs> like seth rogan love seth rogan um that was like a 40 and slip or something i guess but <laughs> so um love it Backtrack, backtrack millions of dollars, millions of dollars. Millions of dollars. Okay, so like we know that they screw artists out of out of money, but you can obviously see that they got the fucking money because they gave it to Joe Rogan. Um, but there are people that bring in tens of millions of listens every month Mm -hmm. and are getting paid less than a penny per play. So you're making money off of me, but at the same time, you're paying this asshole millions of dollars. To get up here and say shit that should not be heard, should not be discussed because it's bullshit. But you know, he got rights, or what? What the fuck? Um, but you, you can't pay me. Right? Why would I stay here? You're using me. Yeah. So it's it's that's why um, I
3: have it listed here under good news because it, they are well within their rights, and it is good for them to pull their shit. Like, why should I lo- allow you to continue making money off of me if you're gonna use it? to put money in this asshole's pocket.
1: And a quick note, um, I just saw something earlier scrolling through my Facebook that said something about Indy Ivory apologizing to Joe Rogan. You know, that made me kind of mad because I love what? Indy Ivory. Um
2: what?
1: Right, see, that's what I said. So I had to look it up real quick. Apparently what happened is my girl Indy Ivory never disappoints. What happened is she shared some old clips of uh, Mr. Rogan using the N-word and called him racist <laughs> and india and wants to take well <laughs> india I wanted to take um her music off of spotify but her label won't let her and so what they have like nobody said anything but it just feels like one of those things where like she was like he's racist and her label was like you can't say that and also your music staying on spotify apologize fix it do it now that's probably um,
3: exactly what happened
1: How like that so I like that. That. No, you I shouldn't. Apologize. He's stuck.
0: I apologize, but not really.
3: Yeah, I'm so sorry that your feelings got hurt. <laughs> That's what you said. <laughs> um like, no, I and it makes it makes me sad. And honestly, exactly what you were saying, Shelby. It makes me very sad that an organization like Spotify, who gyps so many of its artists, especially the newer ones, the smaller ones, but manages somehow to throw millions, regardless of how good they actually are, how good their information is. Um, they can manage to throw millions at them or at him in Joe Rogan's case. Um, it's it's it, it, it's just justice. It's just justice to me. They decided they they made their choice. They clearly demonstrated whether they think so or not. They clearly demonstrated a side that
0: they're share, on.
1: You see how that work? You see how that? Works?
0: Exactly. Well, another more positive news. First and foremost, as most of y'all know, it is Black History Month. We've already said it earlier on the CBC. Um, as well as this is something that's really fun. So Liberia is celebrating their bicentennial this year by inviting black Americans back home. So that is something that's really exciting. For oh, free? If, uh, I don't know if it's for free, <laughs> but, but I think it's really exciting because for those of you that don't know, Liberia is a uh, is slave free nation or is it, it was founded by former slaves, which Shelby? Shelby. Is it too loud? No, I, I'm asking a question. <laughs> asking you an, she's actively talking to <laughs> is you. Is it Liberia How is, is a slave-free nation? Was a slave-free
1: nation or is it, it was founded by former slaves? Okay, so y'all got to excuse me because I started seeing a Liberian girl and I got caught up in the moment. So Liberia um, is, a former, is a nation of former slaves. So for those I'm of like, you hey. who like to um, either forget or pretend like you don't know, um, Abraham Lincoln didn't give a fuck about slaves. And in fact, Abraham Lincoln said, if they can't work, we need to get them out this fucking country. Okay. So what happened is that um, Liberia was set aside for former slaves and following the emancipation of, you know, our, our ancestors after that war, a lot of us hopped on ships and went to Liberia and established that as a country. So it is literally a nation made up of former American slaves um, and probably by this time, like a bunch of other people. But yes, that is the cultural relevance of why it is so cool that Liberia has said, come home. Well, that's very
0: dope. And I feel like um, a, a lot of these African nations are doing a, um, a come home, uh, like campaign campaign for Black Americans because they see exactly what we've been going through as a group of people. And, um, you know, their viewpoints are a lot different. One of my one of my friends that I used to work with that was from Ghana, as you guys know, Ghana has been doing a welcome back or come home uh, campaign for quite a long time. And um, she moved out here, said, this is so unbelievably different because there's not racism. And now she moved to one of the most racist places in Virginia, um, where she literally encountered a sign that said no colors were allowed inside. So for her, it's something, I think she lives out in Ashburn, Virginia. Um, and so for her, it's, it's something that's very striking, but I think it's great that countries are starting to pay attention now. I know that America while being a first world country is starting to look more like a second and third world country on how it's treating other people. Um, It's people specifically people of color. So I'm glad that countries are taking notice and are asking, hey, these people are saying, hey, these people need help. Let's see if we can offer it to them. So I appreciate that. If you are interested in being a black expat, please, take a look online for those of you that don't know an expat is somebody who no longer lives within the country that they were born so if you're interested in being a black expat there are actually several communities online that will walk you through um great places to live that you won't experience as much uh issues as you experience in america so costa rica i know is one of them as well as new zealand i know is one of those countries that's great for african african americans um go ahead
1: um you threw me off with new zealand
3: i know but i was doing research the other day because i was like i
0: want
1: to
3: i don't even care if that research is accurate or not that is literally enough for me i'm gonna start figuring out the process on becoming an expatriate to new zealand no, like I actually looked it up, and a lot of Black people on TikTok. If you
0: look at Black expats, a lot of them have ended up in Costa Rica, in um and in um New Zealand as well, and some of them.
1: <laughs> have even oh
0: <laughs> Some of them have ended up in the Netherlands as well. So, um, and that was also on the list of one of the best places to go as a person of color. So, uh, definitely take a look. I'm not and going. Interested in? I'm not. I wouldn't go to the well Amsterdam, but I wouldn't go to the Netherlands. i go stand. to Amsterdam. Amsterdam's different. Well, yes, but um, I wouldn't live there. I would definitely go to New Zealand, though. But um, it sounds dope, and there's also a bunch of uh uh Pacific Islanders down there, so you get to see that culture as well. Um, and so I think it's pretty cool. But um, in final news, if nobody has anything that they wish to add. I did, but I forgot on account of new
1: fucking Zealand.
0: Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I'll I'll, I'll show you guys the link that I found that says that it's it's one of the best places to live as a Black person. (laughs) Um, On a side note, I think we deserve a small little round of applause or some snaps because the CBC has officially made it to, well, technically we've made it to 1,172 plays um, in all of our CBC history for season four. That's really, really big for us. Um, so I'm definitely excited. We're on our way to 1,200 plays and hopefully this season will get us to 1,200 plays. Yes, I see you. Um, and so I'm, I'm definitely very excited about it. As you guys know, we have some more stuff coming your way. Um, Shelby's been working on our hats And so those are very cool, cute, and exciting. And I'm kind of jealous that uh, you guys are going to get them first because I really want that tan hat. Um, On top of some other uh, merchandise that's coming your way, uh, I'm just going to drop the hint. So our first line of merchandise is going to be uh, HBCU inspired. So I'm very excited about that. Um, (laughs) Woohoo! And we're going to be modeling some of those things once they are completed. And you guys will have the chance to see. Yay. So, yeah. Steph, I love But thank you guys for listening <clears throat> to part two of the 2021 to 2022, a
1: recap. Keep an ear and an eye out for our community project, the Ujamaa List, our endeavor in collective economics. Be sure to keep an ear out for our new website and merchandise coming soon. We will make sure to keep you all updated. Want us to address something you haven't heard on the podcast yet? Slide into our DMs on Instagram at the Cagebird Bird Pod.
0: And that is a wrap on this episode of the Cagebird Bird Chronicles podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Links to everything we've discussed in this episode are in the show notes. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Cagebird Pod. Subscribe to our Patreon and listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. You can expect our podcast to be released on Fridays for your enjoyment. Thanks for
3: listening. Peace. Yeah. <laughs>
1: get off. Bye. 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 Bye.